even though John Elser will be giving a talk at the European University Institute in a couple months' time, this is the prime forum to discuss transitional justice issues. And I owe it to this seminar if I actually became acquainted with, it, with this uh, topic in this field, actually, because as Phil said, I'm a historian. I deal with uh, late Ottoman and colonial Libya. Um, and historians uh, in that field and in that country don't necessarily come across. Um, uh, I mean, their research doesn't necessarily head them towards transitional justice. So just thanks to this forum uh, that I am back here today. Um, um, I wanted to start off this conversation about um, compensation programs in Libya by showing you a little video clip um, posted on a website. Uh, of a Libyan news organization called Al Manara. What you'll see in these images is something really unprecedented for Libya. It's a street, street protest of the families of the victim, uh, the families of the victims of a prison massacre known as the Abu Slim uh, prison massacre, which occurred in 1996. A um, thousand and two hundred prisoners, detainees, mainly political prisoners are believed to have been killed during that massacre. For over 10 years, the Libyan government has uh, had even denied um, such a massacre, had given no news to the families and the relatives of those killed on what had happened to them, and no death certificates were ever issued. So families were left pending for many years without knowing what had happened to their relatives with no news. It's only in the past two years that Libya has been giving out death certificates um, with actually, without stating the reasons of death. Mainly they are, you know, in the death certificate, it says that they died for um, disease, broken leg, illness, old age, and so on and so forth. And the Libyan government has re more recently offered minor compensations for, uh, to the families of these uh, victims. The Libyan government has offered them $80,000 each. If you compare that to the reparations or the compensations that the victims of other um, um, uh, abuses uh, of the Libyan system, you'll see that $80,000 are nothing. We'll talk about the whole map of compensations that Libya is involved in today, but I'd like to start off by showing you this footage. A perennial issue in this room, don't we, with audio? It's on me, but I'm right. It's on <laughs> That might be why we have a perennial issue with audio. <laughs> Sorry. sort are rare. Since 
August 2009, there have been weekly protests of these sorts in Benghazi, which is the main opposition city uh, in Libya. And veiled women have been women have been standing in front of the court of Benghazi, showing the photos of their children that went missing. And uh, the spokesman of the relatives of the victims of Muslim has been on major Arab channels, demanding truth, accountability, and um, uh, that the perpetrators of this massacre be brought to justice. It is not a coincidence that the Libyan government has so far only exclusively focused on money as a form of compensation for the victims of its abuses. If you look at the little handout I gave you, you'll see the um, various uh, compensation schemes that Libya is involved in. The Abu Salim um, prison shooting um, compensation is the very last item in your, in your sheet. Um, the rest of the sheet is dominated by um, compensation schemes between Libya and international actors, be it Italy, be it the US, Germany, or France. And there are different types of uh, reparations and, and compensation claims that have been made to Libya. The main one that has been the talk of the town since uh, uh, September 2008 was the one between Libya and Italy, according to which Italy promises Libya to pay five billion US dollars over 20 years to compensate its former colony for the atrocities committed in 30 years of Italian colonial rule. The second item in this sheet are the compensation claims for acts of terrorism, uh, one of which is Lockerbie, which you all know about, but other less known uh, compensation claims are those initiated by the victims of the UTA flight that was down over the desert in Niger in 1988. The third one of the terrorism compensation schemes um, was that for the victims of the bombing of a nightclub in Berlin, a nightclub called the Labelle. More recently, victims of IRA have been advancing um, uh, compensation claims, making compensation claims. Currently, there is a delegation of members of parliament in Libya to discuss the um, uh, compensation of compensation to 147 victims of IRA, um, IRA violence. The other type of compensation schemes that Libya is involved in are for the expropriation of property uh, that since the 1970s the Libyan government has uh, taken from uh, private Libyan individuals, um, the Jewish community, uh, or the Italian community that was living in Libya up until 1969. On the domestic front, aside from the Abu Salim prison um, uh, compensation claims, the main other um, issue that was compensated or settled through financial um, payments was that of the Bulgarian nurses, which were indicted by uh, a Libyan court and considered 
uh, responsible for spreading AIDS to over 400 Libyan children. So I'll go into the details of these various compensation schemes, but the main idea that I would like to, um, uh, to emphasize here is that all these abuses have um, been, the Libyan government has attempted to, to settle all these abuses only and solely through money truth-seeking methods, prosecution, uh, when they did occur, have in one way or another been overturned, annulled, or declared void. So let me go step by step through these various uh, deals. The first one is the treaty between Italy and Libya, signed in uh, September 2008 and ratified in uh, March this, this year. As I said, according to that treaty, Italy commits to paying $5 billion over 20 years to Libya. Now, this is an unprecedented treaty because uh, similar compensation schemes for colonial abuses uh, have not been underwritten by any other colonial power, Britain, France, uh, nor Germany. This is a voluntary agreement between two parties. Um, the, the precedents that we do find uh, regarding uh, compensations for colonialisms are the lawsuits um, um, initiated by the victims of the families of the victims of the Herero massacres um, that are that currently have not given uh, any positive settlement yet financial settlement uh, and there are only f a few pending lawsuits uh, being discussed still in U.S. Um, district courts. The other precedent, of course, is um, the, the, Kenyan the, 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 the Kenyan settlement um, that was uh, presented here in the UK in the British court, and according to insiders, even that uh, settlement, um, that lawsuit will, will pro most probably give rise to no compensation, no financial compensation. So, there was really no precedent for a compensation agreement for colonial abuses, but Italy went ahead with it. And if we look at the details of this agreement, we'll understand why Italy went ahead with it. Because the Italian government is not paying $5 billion to Libya. The money for, for this agreement is coming uh, from a 4% uh, tax on ENI revenues in Libya. ENI is the Italian major oil um, company that. Um, uh, is one of the leading oil companies in Libya. So these $5 million are coming from the oil sector, actually, not from the government. These $5 million are not going to Libya. The $5 million are going to, $5 billion, sorry, are going to uh, Italian construction firms because according to the agreement, um, these, this money is not a cash payment to Libyan individuals nor to the Libyan government. These $5 billion will be paid through uh, infrastructure agreements, uh, of which only Italian firms can be the beneficiaries. So it, really <laughs> so it really resembles tied aid, which in many countries, including the UK, is uh, no longer uh, possible. But both parties, Italy and Libya, have made a big deal out of this. It was important for both to go ahead with this. Um, uh, for it, it, it has always been a cornerstone of Gaddafi's um, uh, rhetoric and politics um, uh, 
with Italy to demand uh, such a reparation scheme. In the past, uh, the figures being talked about were not $5 billion. The, the numbers were much more modest. When I interviewed uh, Prodi, who was the first one to initiate uh, this deal, to think about such a compensation deal, he was talking more in the range of $1.5 billion. Uh, even prior to Prodi, the, 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 the settlement for colonial abuses uh, took the form of a hospital, a pediatric hospital to be built in Benghazi, not cash payments of any sort, nor infrastructure projects. But then the idea of this major highway came up, and that is what will, um, uh, a major highway connecting Libya, uh, the, the eastern border of Libya to the western border of Libya, so going all the way from Tunisia to, to Egypt. So that is what um, uh, this, um, these investments uh, will be uh, paid for. Um, the problem arises as to who's the beneficiary of such compensation. I mean, we all know that by reparations, we, I mean, etymologically, we're, we're aiming to repair the past or repair a past abuse. But if this is the form, uh, I mean, if, if these cash payments do not benefit specifically Libyan individuals, uh, uh, nor are they tied to any sort of broader social uh, construction program, um, then can we really call these reparations? Um, are these not just, um, is this not just a business deal wrapped in the rhetoric of atonement? Um, I think that is the case. Uh, although uh, Gaddafi is very happy to consider these uh, payments as compensations or reparations. And in fact, in Libya, they call this, um, these payments tawidat. Now, tawidat, this brings me to another issue, which is uh, an underlying idea that I would like to develop here, and I'd like to hear your comments on this. Uh, reparations in Libya is uh, routinely translated as tawidat. The Arabic speakers among you, I see one for sure. Uh, um, what do you understand as Tawidat? Actually, that's the problem I face because I, I, I wrote my thesis on reparations within the Arab Israeli conflict. Mm. And I often thought of uh, how to translate the word reparations. But because even in the English language, unless you really have read and understand, understand something about the meaning of reparations, mm -hmm. you immediately you speak to anybody, they immediately tend to equate it to compensation. Mm -hmm. So even in the English language, you know, you have to have a discussion about what reparations is and then something broader. I haven't come up with a term in Arabic. Well, <laughs> somebody suggested the correct term or the International Center for Transitional Justice approved term, <laughs> uh, which is Jabr al darar Yeah, it's not a term. Then it's, it's it's a translation, but there isn't the word that captures yeah. the meaning of well, reparation. Bottom line, the problem is that tawida means uh, and is understood as monetary compensation. So what we're seeing in Libya is that. Um, Libyan government officials, uh, and in particular um, the head of the Libyan Studies Center, which is sort of the academic branch of the Libyan government uh, that deals with colonial, um, colonial issues or the colonial past, 
um, is very adept in transitional justice theory um, and makes use of um, uh, the literature of um, uh, reparation politics, but he's consistently using it as translating it into Arabic with the word tawidat. So what I'm, I think is happening in Libya is that government officials are reading translations of transitional justice theory as well, but they're reading it translated as tawidat, and therefore they do, do not really capture the semantical um, uh, undertones of what we un understand as reparation politics as something that embraces not only compensation schemes, which can be certainly a part of it, but also um, 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 truth-seeking commissions, memorials, um, more of a public, a public role um, of rapprochement uh, between uh, parties. And that idea of reparations understood as financial compensation is what has pervaded Libyan politics in all these other um, bilateral agreements. Um, in fact, if we turn to the settlements for um, the abuses of, let me say, the victims of um, terrorist acts, um, even in the case of Lockerbie, we can say that the, the main focus of the Libyan government and of the international actors involved in it was to get financial compensation uh, from Libya. Between 2004 and 2008, um, Libya paid up to $8 million per victim, uh, per family of the victim of, uh, of Lockerbie. Uh, although Libya has never publicly um, um, admitted its responsibility. It has taken responsibility for it. Um, as you all know, there was a, um, a court case over the Lockerbie um, bombing, which found uh, al-Megrahi uh, guilty of, of the Lockerbie bombing. However, most international prosecutors today, um, investigators as well, believe that had the Lockerbie uh, case, had there been a, an appeals hearing for the Lockerbie case, they would have probably acquitted al-Magrahi because actually the, the, the proofs that were shown in court and which tied Magrahi to uh, the Lockerbie bombing were not that strong and al-Magrahi was probably not really um, guilty um, of the Lockerbie bombing. So in the case of Lockerbie, what we're also seeing is a great emphasis on um, on financial compensations at the expense of justice. Some observers have also be also believed that the release of Magrahi um, from Scotland and on, on humanitarian grounds was instrumental in order to avoid that the case uh, reach an appeals um, hearing and therefore um, the truth about Lockerbie be revealed. Um, in 2008, the, the U.S. government signed a very important um, final settlement on all pending lawsuits um, filed in U.S. courts uh, against Libya for terrorism claim for terrorism acts, and this is the U.S.-Libya um, comprehensive um, compensation settlement, and. Following this settlement, even um, George Bush signed an act, uh, a 
according to which uh, Libya can no longer be prosecuted for um, um, claims in order to obtain claims for uh, terrorism-related activities. So that settles, um, that ends any possibility for prosecution um, in the US. Um, and the release of Megrahi from Scotland ends any possibility of prosecution um, in, in the UK unless there will be a parliamentary inquiry about it. So again, we see money at the expense of truth. The other case, the UTA flight, is really interesting. This is considered, this is, um, a few of you will actually know about the downing of this flight. Am I wrong? Who, who knew about this, this case? UTA flight, more or less, uh, somebody. The interesting thing about this, um, about this case is that it actually did reach um, claims for compensation um, were filed by the seven U.S. victims uh, on this plane crash, of this plane crash, and there was a final um, um, judgment uh, by a U.S. judge, Judge Kennedy, of the Washington um, District Court, Washington D.C. District Court, which awarded these seven victims six billion dollars of compensation. Uh, two of which were for the airliner, and more or less four were for the seven families of victims. Now, the 2008 act signed by George W. Bush actually annulled that hearing. And so those families, which had originally in court been awarded $6 billion, will then only be awarded about $10 million each, according to the final Lockerbie um, Lockerbie and Comprehensive uh, Compensation Scheme. Uh, so even in that case, we see that when there was a legal procedure that was overturned or annulled um, for uh, monetary compensation. In the case of the La Belle Disco as well, um, there is, uh, the families of the victims are compensated with $35 million dollars. Um, following a, a Libyan-German agreement, and in the case of the US victims of that bombing, that also will be settled with the 2008 Comprehensive Compensation Scheme. Now that gets us to the IRA victims. According, again, to the 2008 Comprehensive uh, Compensation Scheme uh, signed by the US and Libya, three US IRA victims were uh, awarded already $6 million each. So it is on that legal precedent that now um, uh, British members of parliament are asking for similar compensation, $1 million each, for the 147 families of the victims of um, IRA bombing. And the reason for that is that Libya supplied throughout the late 70s and 80s Simtex um, to, to the group. In the case of property expropriation, uh, again, we see that uh, restitution of private property is going on, but there's no real historical inquiry uh, into why these, uh, these properties were confiscated. Um, again, there's no accountability, legal accountability for what, had, for what happened throughout the 70s and 80s in, in Libya. 
Um, you see between brackets I put the words Jews and the Italians because the restitution or the compensation for um, the Jewish community and the Italian community is still uh, very much being talked about and nothing has been finalized yet. Only the compensation for the Libyan um, victims, has, for the, vic uh, the Libyans who have, whose property has been expropriated has actually gone forward um, and is being uh, settled now. This brings us back to the compensation schemes for domestic abusers. As I said, in the Abu Salim, the Abu Salim case, um, 1,200 1, uh, political prisoners were shot to death um, following a, a small prison riot, actually, in which the prisoners were just demanding better conditions, better health conditions, better food conditions. Um, and Libyan troops went in. Um, there was a um, sort of a, a government-appointed committee to discuss um, with the prisoners, and um, um, and some of them were led into buses, taken to the back of the uh, of the prison, and um, shot to death. Um, the main accounts that we have of this shooting come from prisoners who were working in the kitchen of the prison and who have since been freed and are in exile in the US and have written reports, uh, sort of eyewitness accounts of the Abu Salim massacre. As I told you, the Libyan government has never, has up until recently really never recognized um, uh, its, its involvement uh, in this massacre and only in this past two years have the families been receiving death certificates. What the families that you saw in that little video um, are outraged by is not only the silence of the Libyan government, but also the mere, uh, the small amount of money that um, they're being awarded, $80,000 per victim or per family of victim, is nothing if you compare it to the millions of dollars uh, of the victims that the Libyan, the U.S., the Italian, the British victims that the that the Libyan government has paid for. Um, but more importantly, they are um, demanding accountability. Uh, they say that they're not interested so much in money, but they're interested in seeing um, um, the culprits brought to justice. If you think that the current foreign minister of Libya um, Musa Kusa was uh, the person who ordered the shooting. You understand the problems there. Uh, the old guard is still in power, and um, it'll be hard that the Libyan government will actually agree to uh, holding those uh, people accountable. But in an unprecedented move last month, um, the Libyan courts have actually asked anybody who considers himself victim of an abuse of the justice system to file a report um, and um, uh, to the local court so that perpetrators of these abuses can be prosecuted. Now, what, would that, what will happen with that? It's hard, it's hard to tell. In an even more recent move, uh, the Libyan opposition uh, umbrella group, the National um, Council for the Libyan Opposition and its American uh, representative in particular, which is called the American Libyan Freedom Alliance, 
um, have started fundraising to uh, bring Gaddafi to court for the Abu Salim, uh, Abu Salim massacre. Uh, they have yet to make an announcement on which legal forum they hope to uh, present uh, the case to. They're very secretive about it. Um, I talked to their spokesperson uh, recently, and he confirmed that they had only gathered so far $2,250 um, uh, to, to cover the legal fees. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, I didn't want to... Did, he, he specified that the lawsuit will not be presented to a U.S. court, but didn't clarify uh, which other court he would be trying to seek prosecution for. Um, he he was hoping that um, the the hearings will be actually ex I mean the, the the case will be uh, accepted by whatever court it is that they're planning to present it to, uh, and that they have already um, made agreements with the lawyers. So will this be an international? Um, uh, will this be heard in an international court or in a, in a domestic court? I still do not know. Um, he says that the announcement will be made towards the end of the, um, the end of the month, hopefully in the end of the month. Um, in the case, uh, sorry, in the bottom um, left-hand corner of that sheet, you see the AIDS victims. Um, in the case of the AIDS victims, again, you have financial compensation, uh, and to a certain degree, you have um, sort of uh, judicial accountability as well, because there was a Libyan court case that had considered them, uh, considered the five Bulgarian nurses guilty <coughs> of infecting 400 and over 400 children with AIDS, but it was. Um, um, a verdict really not accepted by the international community. So again, it's another case where we have sort of a farce um, judicial uh, proceeding, um, <coughs> which is not accepted. And anyway, the political reality um, pol uh, overturns whatever was the verdict. The verdict of the Libyan court was that they were guilty. However, financial payments, again, $460 million were paid to the families of the 426 victims of that case. And with that, the Libyan government agreed to um, free the Bulgarian nurses and the Palestinian doctor, and they uh, were returned to their country. So in all these instances, you see that payments, payments, and payments take the, line, the forefront over <coughs> accountability, over investigations. Uh, over um, just the deepening of historical inquiry about these past abuses. Uh, in the case of um, the AIDS victims, um, the liberation of the, of the Bulgarian nurses brought, brought really no further inquiry into the abuses um, that led to the death of those children. Uh, in the case of the Italian compensation scheme, uh, the promise those payments or those in that inf those infrastructural investments uh, brought no more uh, understanding of those past abuses. Um, and on the contrary, uh, there seems to be a clear intent to just close the chapter of the past in order to look forward. Um, and so no attention is awarded to furthering any historic, historical inquiry of those past abuses. 
Um, in the case of Lockerbie, well, we still have to see what will happen and what the British government will decide to do, um, whether to open a commission of inquiry um, or not, and if so, um, where that will lead us. Um, but as we stand today, um, again, uh, payments uh, were preferred over um, uh, truth and accountability. Um, one of the, let me just add a sort of a, a little note. One of the things that is rarely, un rarely understood um, with regards to the, uh, the pardon of al-Magrahi, and or more specifically, the, the hero's welcome that was given to al-Magrahi, um, is that in Libya many things happen, there's sort of a, it's, 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 politics in Libya is dominated by reci reciprocity. So the hero's welcome that was given to um, to uh, to Megrahi when he uh, arrived on a, on a Boeing jet on a Boeing flight uh, from Scotland um, was the same hero's welcome that Bulgarian authorities gave the Bulgarian nurses when they were freed and pardoned in air. Um, and if you understand Libyan politics in those terms, dold des what you give me, I give you, I give you in order to take back. Um, you actually understand that um, the way Libya has dealt with these compensation schemes, with its domestic compensation schemes, more specifically the Abu Salim one, is just the mirror image of what it has uh, been doing with international actors. Because in these in these compensa international compensation schemes, it's always been about financial payments. Libya's way of dealing with its domestic abuses just follows uh, along that same path. Um, said that, I think there's still hope for uh, a broader understanding of of reparations and of transitional justice theory. Um, given that they are uh, these domestic abuses that are now emerging and, and which now might be taken to court. Uh, we might now be seeing a sort of a shift and a broader understanding uh, in Libya of the term reparations. Um, and, um, and it might be that we will see in the upcoming year or so um, uh, more truth-seeking methods um, um, in Libya with regards to these uh, open issues. Thank you. Thanks, colleague.